Bonjour, bonsoir, dear friends. Happy hour time. We are on Wapo Hill in one of the most extraordinary days of this 2020 phenomenal new year. I'm very honored today to be with one of the most incredible young lady in the world of wine. One highly accomplished from being born in Texas to of course graduating to the Master of Wine. She got that amazing accomplishment after an unbelievable music career. She's a singer, one of the most incredible singer we're very lucky to have in the world of wine. She's dazzling, she's charming, she's beautiful, she loves animals, and she's an amazing inspiration for all of you ladies who have multiple talents and who know how to package them and use them all. Are you ready to see the beautiful Vanessa Conlin? Here she is. I'm shaking of excitement because voila, she comes with bubbles. Do you see those gorgeous legs? There she is. Vanessa, bonjour. Bonjour, Jean-Charles. Thank you so much for having me. What a great honor. What an incredible pleasure. Toasting with JCB69 together. Cheers. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. <laughs> so how is it to perform La Bohème? Well, it's one We of started with the top, right? Well, La Bohème is one of the sort of classic Italian operas. I think for a first opera, it's a great, uh, it's a great intro. It's, you know, you've got love, you have passion, you have tragedy, you have intrigue. Um, and I think it's very relatable. It's young characters, you know, growing up in Paris, they're starving artists. Um, and it's, uh, I was lucky enough to be in a production on Broadway, which is unusual for opera. Normally for sure. operas are performed in opera houses. Um, but the uh, film director, Baz Luhrmann, decided he wanted to do a stage version of it. And um, it, for me, it was, I, I feel very fortunate to have performed in, in many different opera houses, but to have the opportunity to bring opera to a larger audience yes. was extremely meaningful to me because I think there are many similarities actually with wine and opera mm. in that there's um, seemingly or can be a high barrier to entry. And that I think often there's a misconception that you need to know something in order to enjoy it. That's right. Um, so I loved that he was able to kind of draw in a new audience that came and thought, wow, I, I don't know anything about this. All I needed to know is I needed to show up and be open and be able to sort of use my senses to, to drink this in. So you got people into opera. I hope so. I hope so. Now, I love all forms of music. That yes. just happens to be what I grew up with and what I, what I have a degree in. But. So, but that's amazing. So before we go to your education, how did you get to be in opera? Because that's the highest form and one of the most difficult and challenging form of your talent being expressed. Well, I grew up in a musical family. So my father is a symphony, opera, and ballet conductor. And my mother is re retired, but she's, she was an opera singer. So I grew up hearing voice lessons in the house. You know, my childhood was spent, um, you know, sitting in the rehearsal hall after school, listening to my dad conduct the orchestra. So it was kind of in, in my blood, um, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to, you know, be a pianist. I was really interested in cello and, and others. But, but I think there's something about um, the human voice which um, I just inspires people that people respond to. Yes. But opera specifically, 
you know, you're, you're utilizing sort of many different talents. You have to act, obviously you have to sing, you have to act, yes. you have to be able to interact with other musicians, you know, be able yeah. to move. And, but then you also have to really be able to connect with an audience. Um, because, you know, I, I know, you know, audiences very well, but you have to be able to read very quickly, sort of the mood of the crowd yes. and figure out how to adjust. And so that kind of, um, having to think on my feet all the time. I'm just a person that I have a very hard time relaxing. Yes. <laughs> I always like to be doing something. Um, so I, I just And in that. an opera, even you follow an amazing story, mm -hmm. as you feel the audience, you succeed into altering a little bit. Is it the tone? Is it the engagement? How do you do this? It's, a, it's Fascinating. A good, it's a good question. So there's not a whole lot of room for improvisation in, in opera. You have to follow, you know, the score was written by the composer. So you mentioned La Boheme, which is Giacomo Puccini. Um, so you have to follow that. In addition, there's a conductor that you're following who's keeping the orchestra in line with the stage. Um, but there's a, there's an energy. Sometimes you have to lean in yes. a little bit more and draw them in. And, and I could see as you lean in, I hope you're all <laughs> feeling it. It's quite amazing. Vanessa, can you lean in again just to show us? Oh, we are engaged. I'm La Boheme. I'm going to be on my knees before the end of the interview. So you engage. And as a child, mm -hmm. growing up in a musical family, as you said, how did you get really hooked? Because often you do the opposite of what your parents have done. You know, so how did they succeed to get you this amazing vibration that you have for music? You know, I never actually considered doing anything else, to be honest. You yes. know, I, I, I knew I wanted to do something in the arts. And so I, they didn't have to try to persuade me in that. I'll tell you what was interesting to them, or difficult at first anyway, was when I decided not to be a musician anymore and to, and to pursue wine. Which I think, then this was later in life, and I think that was their moment where they thought, oh, is she rebelling? You know, like, what's what's happening um, wanting to just do something different but um but they've obviously learned to to enjoy wine and realize that it's it's not a bad thing to have somebody in the family who works sure. in the wine business and in terms of music so you play the piano you play cello and other instruments you sing amazingly what is your most amazing memory besides la bohème of course as you mentioned um it's a good question i mean i think Maybe some of my my memories are actually not of doing it myself, of singing myself, yes. but sort of being in the audience and and being mesmerized and kind of. For me, there's something um, sort of meditative about listening, where you're engaged with the stage. Obviously, you're watching the drama, but it's a it's also an opportunity to be introspective. Yes, and it draw and it pulls emotions out of you that you don't tap into every day. So um, I actually, I couldn't narrow, even narrow it down. I was lucky enough to have And what's many. your favorite opera as an example? So I think my desert island opera would be Marriage of Figaro or Le Nozze di Figaro mm. by, by Mozart. Um, it's just, it's just perfect. It's, yeah. it's, um, it's just crafted from start to finish um, without, without a spare moment. But, but in terms of drama, I mean, a passion, I mean, La Boheme certainly, La Traviata by Verdi. Yes. Uh, those are probably in my so the cl the big classical you the, love the big classics I love some uh, but like uh, Zalame by Richard Strauss you know yes. uh, I like that as well so it's kind of runs I'm a big fan of Strauss yes. rhythm and power <laughs> and energy exactly yeah. but this is great so you know your talent is in all the senses of course <laughs> so why don't you give us a little bit of your opinion of 
JCB 69. I would love to. Thanks for the pro is going to speak to us because, you know, we have a master of wine. (laughs) You've got to realize there's only a few hundred masters of wine around the world. It's a very unique society. We've interviewed many. And Vanessa graduated in 2020 from the master of wine as the 52nd master of wine in the United States. So when you're in the top 50, this is a big deal. (laughs) Cheers. Thank you. Well, perfect. You know, to start off, it's a beautiful color, which of course we also drink with our eyes. Mm-hmm. So um, immediately, and I, I, I'm actually mocked pretty mercilessly for loving pink. So Ooh. yes, and I, I, I'm fine with that. I'll take it. So beautiful color. Um, I think on the nose, like kind of peach, apricot, mm-hmm. uh, citrus. There's a beautiful floral element to it, kind of like a crushed rose petal, mm. mineral. Um, and then I did taste it already, but given me the opportunity to try it again, so thank you. We must. Mm-hmm. We must enjoy, abuse, and be excessive with 69. Beautiful kind of strawberry, again, melon, um, really bright acidity. I'm, I'm, I love acid in a wine, that like mouth-watering, salivating yeah. feeling that makes you want to go back for another sip or another bottle as the evening may uh, allow. <laughs> and the evening is young, dear friends, because we could smell the kitchen. The dinner will be grand tonight. We have quite an evening on Wapo Hill (laughs) and many more wines as we will. So Vanessa, thank you for this eloquent description. Now, you perform music Mm -hmm. and then you decide to make a career change, a Mm -hmm. big change. Yes. So, you know, maybe you want to elaborate a little bit on this because I know a lot of friends are thinking, Yes. We're in 2021. Maybe I've done that for 15 years and I want to do something else. What happened? How did it trigger in your mind? And so I, I was living in New York City, uh, was you know performing as a, as a professional musician. Yes. But um, wine had always intrigued me. I did not grow up. You know, my parents love wine now, but I did not grow up with, in a family that, that had wine routinely. So, um, but the little bit that I'd had, I always thought, I want to come back to that. There's something there that I want to explore. Um, and I had a little bit of uh, a break between gigs, you know, uh, as, as artists do. And I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to learn more. So I took a class, um, you know, some people have an epiphany bottle. Um, I'm just a little bit more of a dork than that. So I, I took a class on what kind, it's just, it was like a, you know, a, at the new school kind of introduction to wine. Great. And I remember coming back and I had just had filled pages and pages of notes and that something just happened in my brain where I thought I will never be bored again. Wow. There's so much here, you know, and it ties so many things together. I think the something that's the most beautiful about wine is the history of it, the making of it, the people you're 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 talking about art, religion, history, culture, chemistry, uh, romance. That's right. um, it just ties all of these things together. And as much as I love music, I'm as I mentioned earlier, I'm I, I have a very hard time sort of relaxing. Uh, I want to always be working on something. And so I really felt that as a musician, I had experienced kind of as much as I as much as I needed to, and I wanted a new challenge. So I basically just completely changed career. So you changed career mm-hmm. pretty much overnight. Well, not overnight, and then it took a lot of learning (laughs) and starting over. So, you know, I took my first job in wine. I I started at basically minimum wage at a retailer just to learn. Yes. And I started at the bottom, and I I worked my way up from there through through work and study. Yeah. And explain how wine comes to someone. 
because we need the part that you just mentioned, study. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think, oh, this is it, and this is, I'm going right. to do it and wing it, but it doesn't happen that way, does it? I mean, I think not if you want to be professional, uh, but because mm. I do think there is nothing wrong with just enjoying it, right? Yes. And not overthinking it. Um, but I think that there's so much to know if it is something as a career, um, just um, however you like to learn, whether that's a class like me or online or just going on and talking to people, there is so much, so much to know. But again, I think taking that first step, that can seem frightening, the, yes. the barrier to entry, but it's a wonderful culture, as you know. And how did you feel that level of confidence? How did you, you. because what I've realized with a lot of people, mm -hmm. it takes one step that then triggers the second, which you obviously had. Mm -hmm. What made that happen for you as, as an illustration for all our friends? Um, well, for me, it was actually putting the time in. So I'm not a person that likes to, to fake it. Um, so yeah. I actually, I got, I gained confidence through knowing that I had actually done the work, spent the time, um, and rolled up my sleeves and gone on and, and, and been vulnerable to ask questions and say like, I actually, I don't know that. Can you tell me more That's about right. that? Um, which I think is one of the, the qualities that I admire in, in other people is not being afraid to say, I don't know, but I, but I want to. What is for you the most interesting thing that you discovered for yourself? Is it wine tasting? Is it the wine knowledge? Is it the terroir? Is it the winemaking? What made you say, I want to do this forever, this is it? So all of the things that you named, but I do think that there's something fascinating about how much you can learn about a place yes. through the glass. For me, I, I love wine tasting. It, for me, it's like a puzzle. So... Um, I, I love that and you know there is an element to it which I think can seem like a party trick like you know just yes. name whatever this zebra is but for me it's not that it's actually like what can I learn without having any preconceived notions about the brand who made this how much it costs anything where it's from with the vintage but just really looking at it like I'm going to just use my senses yes and break this down into something that I can explain impressive so why don't we do it <laughs> do you want to demonstrate for us beautiful Vanessa dear friends She's already broken my senses, as you've noticed. <laughs> so now we're gonna we're gonna be guided. So well, I happen to know what this is. So. You do, but you know. So it's not exactly fair. But you I'll see, tell you. honesty and vulnerability <laughs> is very important. But I will tell you what how I would approach it yes. if you'd like. So so first thing I would do, of course, and this is a truncated version. But if I had this in front of me. I would, of course, take a look at the color, which could tell me a little bit about the maturity. It might tell me a little about how it was made. Yes. Um, I don't spend too much time on this. If it's a red variety, I might spend a little bit more to see is this a thinner skin variety or a thicker skin. But I will sort of notice that. And then the next thing I would do would be basically... So you go clockwise or counterclockwise? I, I did counterclockwise. You see, she creates chaos. <laughs> <laughs> she knows I'm in the glass, so she flips me around. <laughs> So, so I'm basically, I'm trying to take the world, start here and then through every yes. observation, narrow it, narrow it, narrow it down. So Fantastic. everyone does this differently. I would sort of approach from, do I think this is, you know, old world or new world? And I would base that maybe on, you know, ripeness. Um, I would look at, you know, what do I think the variety is? Is, does it seem classic for the region, you know, for regions, um, and basically just, just through every observation say, well, I'm going to knock these things off the table and narrow down, narrow down, narrow down. So it really depended on what was in the glass. Some yes. things take more work. Some things like 
oh, this is Chardonnay, I just need to figure out where it's from. Some things are, I think it's this, but it might be this. And then there's the ones that you have literally no idea. So you narrow it down by process of elimination, yes. of course. Yes. And then, so you arrive to the nose. Mm -hmm. I do. So it would depend on what's mo the most obvious. If I knew what the variety was, then yes. I would try to do take it to the region yes. from there. Um, and then I would try to figure out quality level. Is this like from a classic region like Burgundy? Is it from a new world region? Is it Adelaide Hills in Australia? Yes. And knowing what I know of the climate, maybe it's of, of traditions of winemaking, et cetera. And then I'm very, um, for me, a key to blind tasting was what I call palate shape. Yes. So even a same variety from different region, I think feels different. It's for me, that was the key to, to really blind tasting was not just the aromas and the flavors was, was understanding texture and shape. Wow. Dear friends, fascinating. <laughs> well said. Very impressive. I'm getting thirsty though. I have yeah, to let's go. <laughs> you know, I've cheated already. I went inside the glass. This I've is your house, John Charles. I'm pretty sure you can do it. Well, I'm delighted though that, <laughs> you know, you're explaining it with such discipline. You approach music and wine in, in a similar way, I love that. I think it's a combination of logic and and, yes. and senses. So that's right. it's sort of being open to an experience, whether that's taking in music and feeling something or using your senses to enjoy something in the glass. But then yes. there's there's a piece to me that's also sort of, you know, using that other side of the brain as Do well. Do you sing in your head when you taste the wine? <laughs> or does a wine bring you some melody of music sometimes? I, I think that wines, absolutely can harken back to whether it's music or mm -hmm. a place or a person or an experience. Yes. That's, that's one of the, again, one of my passions about, about wine is, is it, it can draw you into uh, any number of, of, of places of feelings of experiences. Yes. And how much do you think music changes the taste of wine? That's a great question. I actually have a friend who did a research paper on it, who I've, which I've not read yet, but I will, mm. I will let you know. I think it I would love to see that paper. Probably does a good amount, but I would say all things around the wine experience yes. change. Don't don't you think? I mean, totally. Who are you with? What was your mood? How, are you hungry? Are you are you happy? Yes. All those things. So I think it can it can change a lot. Absolutely. Well, we did a, an amazing research with UC Davis for nine months, and we came up with a tasting, the JCB Wine and Music Tasting, which Ooh. I would love to do with you yes, one please. day. And dear friends, maybe we'll do a live on it, because it's striking. For me, as a classical wine drinker, let's say I want a romantic moment. I may play Beethoven, mm -hmm. Mozart, I may play Chopin. I may want to bring tranquility and peace and a certain sense of notes mm -hmm. and you taste the wine. The wine tastes one way, which is not necessarily the outcome you wish. And then you put, it could be John Legend, it could be Lady Gaga, it could be Rihanna, Elvis yeah. Presley, or it could be Frank Sinatra. And suddenly that Pinot, you know, is enlightened into yes. a different way. So. You know what I mean? It's I fascinating do. because I've yeah. had all my life those preconceived moments. <gasps> I'm going to be romantic with Vanessa. We're going to have a Pinot and I'm going to put something classical in the background yeah. of music. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't work. You see what I mean? Yes. What would be your favorite music with this wine? Oh, you mentioned Chopin. I think, I think something like, um, like Chopin. But it has a little bit more kind of... Um, oomph to it like Ravel oh, maybe a little bit a little like bit like the more. Bolero yes oh, do you want to sing it for <laughs> no, us no I don't <laughs> we will get her at some stage to maybe a few notes mm. 
next time. Good <laughs> <laughs> <Let's> start. <laughs> Pavarotti trained me for a little while, at least 30 seconds online. <laughs> so, uh, Vanessa, then you took it to the extreme. Mm -hmm. You did the WACT, and then you went for the Master of Wine. Yes. I mean, it's like going to the Olympics. You know, you train as an athlete and you go for the world competition. Mm -hmm. I know you're obviously very driven and you're very goal-oriented, but describe this process and why, because that's really the ultimate magic. Yes, well, I've, as you mentioned, I went all the way through the, the levels of the Wine and Spirit Education Trust, and um, I was actually fairly burnt out at the end of it. And yeah. I thought, I think, I, I think I'm done. This is as far as I'm gonna go. And I took about a year off and I realized that I was just starving for information to, to keep learning. Yes. So um, I was lucky enough to have a couple of other fabulous uh, women, yes. a, a friends in my life who had um, either started or completed the program. So they were wonderful mentors and guides in helping me decide whether to pursue it and then supporting me through, through the process. So um, for me, I just always, um, I, I want to know. I want to know yes. why, what, what, what makes this this what it is. And I remember specifically, I was working for a winery at the time, um, running their mailing list, and I was having a conversation with the winemaker, and he started talking about pH. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I don't know what that is, but I need to know. Yes. I just thought I. I uh, I don't need to know everything. I don't need to have to be the, the, the smartest about every single topic, but I want to be able, if it's about wine, I need to know something. I, I want, and what I appreciate about the master of wine is it's very holistic. So you have to understand, you know, viticulture, vinification, you have to understand business marketing, um, as well as blind tasting, uh, and all kinds of other topics. So for, for me, it was a way to kind of, um, have a, have a, uh, like a complete, a completeness about what I was going to learn and, wow, who, and who I wanted to be as a result. That's impressive. So how many years did it take you to complete? So it took me four and a half. That's years. quick. Many people, it could take 10 years. Mm -hmm. I know people 15 years. So, yes. you know, that's a very congratulation. And I want to have a toast to you and your charming husband because oh, thank you. we know <laughs> you've seen the beautiful ring, of course, <laughs> just for all of you who are maybe the wrong idea. Vanessa is married with an amazing man who is performing as we speak. He so is. tell us about your fabulous union with your great artist husband. Well, he's a he's a pianist. He's not a singer, but his, his specialty is working with opera singers. So he yes. trained, which is how we met. Um, so he coaches them on the style, the language, you know, everything that they need before that first step onto onto the stage. Um, so yes, he is actually recording tonight um, in San Francisco. Otherwise, I know he'd he'd love to be here, and he sends his regards. Well, absolutely. So, how did Vanessa get seduced by the pianist? <laughs> I know we've all seen the movie The Pianist. So, would you at least give us a few hints? How did he succeed? to steal that gorgeous heart that the world of wine wanted. <laughs> well, he's a very um, honest, sensitive, just good person. Um, and I just, yeah, there's, I've never met anybody who has met him and not just loved him and wanna, wanted to hang out more, so. Um. Well, I'll drink to that. <laughs> so Vanessa, now you move west. So you were on the East Coast for a mm -hmm. long time. So you do all those wine studies and degrees you work with wineries mm -hmm. a series of them mm -hmm. and you move west is it a big decision for you e yes i was ready to leave new york so i was in working um in manhattan on the upper west side i was the wine buyer for two retail shops and for a wine bar but i had never actually been 
around the vineyards. You actually yes. like, spent time in wineries and vineyards. And so, you know, Napa Valley made so much sense. Um, it's obviously a beautiful place to, to live and work, but proximity to the ocean, to the mountains, to San Francisco. Yes. Um, so, so I knew I wanted to be here, but, um, you know, I was looking for jobs while in Manhattan out here. And I would see a listing and I would call and they'd say, okay, well, come in, you know, come in tomorrow afternoon. I'd say, well, I'm in New York, you know, and it'd be like, click. Yes. Uh, so finally, I just, I got to, to a point one day and I thought, I'm just going to have to leap and hope that the net will appear. And so I moved out here. I did not have a job. Wow. Um, you see, that's yeah. a true sense of adventure and entrepreneurship. And um, I rented a, a house sight unseen. Um, so I flew out here. Uh, my husband was busy. He was had a had a, a job at an opera company. So I came up by myself. I brought my cat and my laptop and an air mattress and um, just started looking. So, wow, yeah. fantastic! <laughs> so you work with many wineries. Yes. And now, very exciting, very exciting company. So thank you. You should tell everyone what you're doing because I think, dear friends. This is so exciting that Vanessa is really selecting wines for one of the most, you know, exciting, thrilling, thriving company today. So describe what you do because this is fantastic. Well, thank you. I have my dream job. So thank you for, for saying that. But so the company is called Wine Access and our mission is to connect people in place through wine. So we uh, and my, myself and my team, we sort of scour all corners of the earth and our backyard here in Napa for the absolute um, top, most inspiring wines. Um, we're very, very selective about what actually that we offer because as a wine team, we we stake our reputation is what we say on every bottle. Yes. So everything is, is vetted and tasted and we have to feel passionate about it. And then that next piece though is telling the story because I'm, as I know, yes. you know, Jean-Charles, there's always a story behind a great wine. That's right. And so um, we write original content for every wine that we offer so that as a consumer, as a reader, you can sort of step behind the curtain and understand, you know, not only why we love it and why we're recommending it, but the people behind it, you know, um, the inspiration, everything starting from the vineyard all the way to, to when it lands at your door. So explain us a typical day with Vanessa. <laughs> Because a lot of people are fascinated. This is very exciting company, as I said, because they're on the crisp of innovation, of new technologies, of really understanding your taste and flavor. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to finish that last oh. little sip because we don't spit wine in this house. We swallow everything we offered. I was thirsty, so thank you. Oh, perfect timing. <laughs> thank you. I got saved by the thirst. <laughs> So now it's JCB number 11. Cheers. Ooh la la. You know, so we select basically two wines for you. Mm -hmm. As you may ask, the numbers 81. The moment I fell in love with America, uh -huh. I was 11 years old. And similar to you, you fell in love with wine. Mm -hmm. And number 11, because that was really the time where I really thought I understood Pinot better than ever. Oh. So that was a little late in life. You know, some of us have it at six, seven, eight years old. I waited a long time. Yeah, the right age of 11. But can we ever really know Pinot Noir? Never. It's, it's so elusive, which is why it's so seductive. Is Ooh. that right? <laughs> so to be seductive, we've got to be elusive. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so what's a typical day for you? Because... What is fascinating as well with Vanessa, she selects a lot of the wines too. Mm. So you do 20 tasting, 30, 40 a day? Sometimes more. Yes. Um, so as I mentioned, we 
taste absolutely everything that we offer. So a lot of tasting, a lot of research um, on the wines and the stories, you know, et cetera. In uh, non-COVID, that would also involve a lot of travel, which uh, hoping that will will change again soon. And um, as I think a lot of us have, there's also a lot of time on, on Zoom these days. Yes, um, for sure. You know, through either connecting with consumers or people in the trade or, you know, talking with various wine lovers, whether they're in the industry or not. You know, we talk to a lot of people from all walks of life, you know, the NBA, comedians, etc. We have a podcast. Yes. So, so it's really all about, you know, how are, how can I connect if whether it's just with this glass of wine, whether with the consumer or, you know, with a celebrity, but it's all really about this thing. This is the thing that dra- that draws us together. Which wine is, is the catalyst. It is. Yes. So you mentioned your kitty cat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a lot of love. Yes. For those little four legs of yours. And I know you dedicate a lot of your time for amazing charities. Thank you. Dealing with animals. So well, I want to toast to that because... I know you do as well. For sure. So cheers to you and, and thank you for your involvement in that. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm, I've been involved with um, Jameson Humane, which is a, it's a, it's a no-kill animal sanctuary here in, in Napa Valley, but serving the Bay Area and the world. But it's really about um, more than it's really about more than animals. Cause if you think about people and their love for animals, um, there's so many ways that this can impact people's lives, whether it's seniors yes. having either that companionship or knowing once I pass is my animal going to be cared for. So that's something that we do. We offer um, free spay neuter clinics. Um, we'll take in an animal. Let's say a, a woman needs to go to a shelter. Um, they can't, she can't take her animal with her. We'll house the animal for as long as she needs. Um, as you know, many women who are abused do not leave their, their sure. abuser because they cannot take their animal with them. So it's sort of connecting all of these pieces That's that involve humans and animals and then adding on a piece of the environment. So it's also how can we be as green, sustainable, long-term. And you believe in that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've, um, I've chaired the auction for several years. I'm co-chairing this year again, and I'm, I'm currently also board chair. And we're excited obviously dear friends to be part of it so you want to share the organization with everyone i'd love to yes so jameson humane um and our annual charity uh auction is on june 19th it's virtual it's being hosted by psalm tv so the folks behind the psalm movies jason and christina wise and and their entire team they're amazing absolutely so this will be streaming and we should invite them on live at some stage as well absolutely they would love that it would be great for everybody to meet them we will do that for sure. Yes. Um, so you can tune in from anywhere. All proceeds go to this charitable organization. This year yes. we're focusing on disaster relief because, as you know, we've we've uh, unfortunately been um, subject to several disasters from earthquakes to wildfires yes. here in, in Napa Valley. And the need has been very great to, to be able to help people um, with their animals in evacuation. And I got to tell you, you can adopt as well an animal. You can, yes. Which we have, and there's two cats coming from the organization on this house. Wonderful. And I need to tell you, we had obviously a rodent and Mm. mousy shoes Mm -hmm. all around the property, and today we don't. They're amazing. They're fabulous. They bring great (laughs) energy. And they're useful. So, you know, animals have so many great purposes. They do. So, Vanessa, I've always been intrigued knowing you over the years. What inspires you to be... The great Vanessa that I know. Oh, thank you. First of all, um, I think for me, it's connecting with it's connecting with people and sort of um, 
getting back to this, what makes us human. Yes. And this, this applied to me when I was a music, musician and now still in wine in that we spend so much of our lives behind a computer screen, staring at our phones, um, crunching numbers, but, but who are we yes. and, and how are we similar? How are we different? How do we connect that? So for me, when it was, when it was music, it was again, bringing people in. How do we make this more inclusive? This yes. is meant to be enjoyed together, um, not to keep people out. And in the wine industry, I feel the same, both through the enjoyment of wine, yes. which is, again, this is, this is not meant to be, um, uh, you know, uh, something in our glass that keeps people away. We, this is meant to bring us together, whether that's at the table or the tasting room. Or, that's right. Um, and so for me, inspiring is seeing that moment where someone says, wow, this is, I feel something. And yes. I don't mean I feel something because I'm intoxicated. <laughs> I, <laughs> <That could> I, <laughs> I feel something. Yes. I feel human. And I think when we feel that way, whether that's through music, through the enjoyment of something like wine, that's what brings people together. And as we look at things like inclusive, uh, inclusivity, diversity, yes. healing you know, rifts across this country and the planet, I think the more that we can remember that we're human, that will help us all, all connect. Well, and, and you mean diversity. Thanks to you, you mentioned mentorship. I'm sure you're mentoring a lot of people today. We just are living, and I think it should be 12 months in a row, mm -hmm. not just one month, Women Wine Month, because we love ladies yes. in the world of wine. You know, it's so important. Do you think you've, you've succeeded yet to bring a lot of ladies in the world of wine? You've been inspired by two great ladies. You mentioned them. Yes, yes. And you're playing your role now to bring ladies into the world of wine? I hope so. That's, that's, I mean, that's certainly my intention. I yes. think that, that there's a lot of work to be done for, um, in that regard. But um, again, just to go back to the Master of Wine, one thing that I do appreciate about that program is that it is anonymous. Yes. So when I submitted all of my exams, I was a number, the, the examiners, I didn't know who they were. They don't know me. They don't know yes. my age, my gender, my race, how old I am what I was wearing that day. Um, so in that sense, that program to me is, is a great leveler. That's brilliant. And tell me something and us, okay. I've always thought I was raised with two amazing grandmothers, yes. an incredible mother, a great sister, a fabulous wife. I taste with women all the time. We have 17 lady winemakers in our team. Cheers. And I'm always mesmerized, inspired. I was with Stephanie Putnam, Kathy George, today tasting wine. And I get elevated, energized, and I see things that I typically would not see if I'm either by myself or just with a group mm -hmm. of maybe men. And it's nothing to do with men, you know, necessarily. Tell us why and give us maybe your true vision of why women are so good at wine tasting well women are, are good at many things everything including wine tasting <laughs> i'm on my knee now you see she succeeded <laughs> um you know i i know that there are there's science and there's studies that say that women actually have an elevated sense of of smell and taste um but you know i i honestly i can't say that that it's because of gender i think it's actually a personal like a willingness to again to um to be vulnerable in a way to, yes. to be able to speak. Like I'm not going to be judged for saying what I think about this. It's important just to say what I, what I'm actually tasting and feeling thinking. So, um, yeah, for, for me, I, I just think that there it's, it's not that, um, necessarily 
there's a there's a hidden talent behind the gender, but it's just that as we have more women in the wine industry, yes. we're understanding that their voices and their knowledge can only benefit the industry as well. And what do you think that benefit is? What have and I've articulated for myself in mm -hmm. a way, as far as women, mm -hmm. the elevation to allow me to see the unseen, the mm -hmm. unperceived that I may think I perceive, but I'm not fully getting mm -hmm. the whole idea of wine, of food, fragrance, candles, is all of that. Mm -hmm. What is your vision of what women are really bringing in addition to what has been done to the wine world? Well, I think um, they're bringing, you know, half of the world's knowledge with them. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, why, you know, if, if we're only speaking amongst the same types of people, the same groups of people, you're, yes. you're closing off to, um, to a tremendous amount of, of collective experience and ideas and creativity. Um, so I think like this, the same thing is with, um, with, with race. Um, it's important to hear all voices because yes. collectively we're stronger than alone. Of course. So, in on that note, what is for you, as a woman, the contribution we want to you want to give the most to the wine world? Well, you know, thank you for asking that. Um, I don't think of my contributions to necessarily to the world of wine as because I'm a woman. I want to be the best person and individual yes. that I can and contribute the most. However. What I will say is that as, as a female, I would like to encourage more women um, or people that just don't look like maybe what you think of when you think that's of the right. world of wine to, to become interested. And whether that's just as a casual um, enjoyer of, of wine or it means you want to become a master of wine or a vintner or a winemaker is, is just to show there's a variety uh, of, of, of people and voices that are welcome in this, mm. in this industry. Well said. So give us your it's enchanted. stage. This, oh, enchanted. <laughs> you know, show in French means singing, so chant. I love it. <laughs> so my impressions of the wine. Yes. So I think it shows sort of the, that classic, like, um, again, sort of floral, but this beautiful sort of mixed berry, strawberry, cherry, raspberry, um, there's kind of a, a, a fresh earth note to it, like, a, like a, a walk in the forest after a rain where everything smells very sort of alive. Mm, with or without hills? Oh, I mean, I live in hills. So. Look at those beautiful hills. <laughs> and, and I know Dylan has been looking at them. <laughs> Dylan, you got to zoom in to show those beautiful <laughs> shoes. I know. Snakes. Well, la la. not real. Just for the record. But. We love to preserve snakes' <laughs> yes. knife. Yes. <laughs> But no, it's beautiful, and, and again, um, what I look for on the wine is is again, it's 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 very delicious. But I'm looking for that refreshing, that that mouthwateringness yes. um, that makes me want to come back for more, and that palate shape as yes. we talked about. So I think it has a beautiful sort of textural through line, like a seamlessness from start to finish, which um, which I love. There's no rough edges to this wine. Ooh la la! I'm enchanted <laughs> so Vanessa maybe your dreams what's your dream now you've accomplished so much maybe you must miss the stage a little bit being in front of 10 15 20,000 people performing but what's your dream in addition to all what you've done you know I, I think um, 
it's maybe less of a dream than a hope or an aspiration, which is just to, to stay curious and, and yes. keep learning. Um, and I don't, I've, I have learned that I don't always know what that's going to be. So I think it's, it's, um, to stay open to, to experiences, to new ideas, to taking a risk yes. or a challenge. So that's what inspires me is saying, I, I cannot predict the future, but what I can predict is that I'll be open to whatever comes my way. I love it to stay curious about knowing <laughs> that I don't know yet when I'm going to learn, but I want to learn it. I love that. So I think as a last statement, I'd love for you to invite all the women in the world listening to us of why they should maybe follow their dreams. Well, um, why not would be the question. <laughs> this is, a, you know, your, your life to live. And um, uh, for me, I think that, um, that understanding or that it's feeling the fear, not being afraid of fear, yes. fearing the fear and doing it anyway. Um, and whether that's in wine or, or something else is that fear is not something to run away from or avoid. Fear can be very motivating and, and inspire you to do something that's outside of your comfort zone. Yes. Um, so I think that, that that's what I would say, whether it's, um, again, whether it's wine or something else is that, is, is that if you're passionate about it, there's a, there is a path. And how do you win over that fear? Give us a few clues as a closing statement of how, yes, I want to win my fear, but how do I go about it? I think it becomes easier with time, which doesn't mean that there aren't new challenges, but I relate this back to, to actually to, to go back to being a performer or yes. um, being on the stage, which is that, um, there is a, a fight or flight instinct, right? Yes. And so there was this moment of, of, of just having to say, I can use this feeling to close up, to, to drive me away, or I can use it to motivate me because I want that, right? I yes. want what's on the other side of it. So I think it's sort of saying this is this I'm going to take this and use this to my own advantage to make me better at what I do. Wow. Great advice. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you for such an amazing time. Thank you, Jean-Charles. Thank Dear you for the friends, wine. Dear friends, we will be back with Vanessa because she promised. <laughs> There's a piano a few feet away. Her husband <laughs> will be at it. She will be performing. Is it promised? It's promised as long as you'll pour me more beautiful wine. <sighs> that I will do, and I'll dress in pink. <laughs> okay. Now I know how to dress. Cheers. Thank you. Vanessa, thank you. Master of Wine, Wine Access. Vanessa, the famous opera singer, and now the Master of Wine. Thank you.